what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Jim Turvey. He's at Turvey Betts, contributor for the Action Network. This is your Futures Friday episode. We're going to talk about some Western Conference. We're going to talk about the MVP race, which the odds have shifted. I have thoughts on that. We'll get into that and more. You can also find in the feed our Best Bets episode for Friday. Jim's going to help me out with that as well as he does every single week. Jim, how you doing? I'm doing well, just uh, decompressing from a full day of of college basketball, trying to get back in the NBA NBA mode. Uh, shouldn't be too hard. Uh, there's some some good futures out there, but uh, I, I we were talking a little bit beforehand. Sounds like both of our brackets are are pretty done. I'm a I'm a Virginia fan, so mine's definitely done. Hey, mine's still alive somehow. M I Z. We'll see if they can get past those Princeton Tigers. Where there's a chat going on in our Slack for Action Network, where where our guy Nick is like what's the worst NBA player you could put on a, a college team and have them win the title? And I'm like, any of them, any, any of like bones Highland would be scoring 40 in these games. The strength and conditioning gap is so wide. Like it's not about, it's not about how good they are. It's not about what they did in college. It's not about like, it's just strength and conditioning. Like I watch these little kids out there hoisting up little jumpers and clanking everything off. And I'm like, <laughs> have you ever seen an NBA warm up? Have you ever seen like a guard go through like a full, like a, a seasoned NBA guard with at least a, a a year under his belt, go through a full NBA warm-up pregame. Because like, if you do and you do it in person, you would be like, oh yeah, no, these kids would, there's nothing they could do. We really just need some rule changes to to make it happen. Get Jim's on the side of like, let's make it happen and see what would happen. And I'm like, I don't want these poor children to die because like, I'm trying to think of like, Monte Morris goes too hard and caves one's chest in. Like, <laughs> this is not a conversation. Uh, but what is a conversation is the MVP. We'll start there tonight. Currently at FanDuel Sportsbook, Joel Embiid is the new leader in the clubhouse at plus 100. Nikola Jokic falls to plus 160. Yasan Kumpo is back of the pack at plus 370. Jason Tatum all the way at plus 10,000. Remember when we told everybody week by week by week not to bet on him? There you go. Devin Booker's plus 50,000. Steph Curry plus 50,000 and so on and so forth. Uh, Steph Curry and Luka Doncic have the same odds of winning it. Once again, Luka Doncic enters the season as the preseason favorite to win MVP. This should have been his year. And it does not happen for a variety of reasons, but I will just say that like can't can't always just be the coach and the roster. But that's another story for another day. So and B is the new favorite. And Jim is my opinion. I said that this was a two-man race. I said it was I I thought it was done. I thought I thought this whole thing was done. I thought Yogesh was gonna win. I've said it. I was like, you, you should bet him, he's gonna win. We we were on that train for a while. Um, what I didn't expect, there was a couple of things that happened simultaneously. The biggest is that the well got poisoned. Kendrick Perkins went on first take, and we've talked about this on the show before. Perkins went on first take and, and made some real incendiary comments about the voting block that ESPN later had to basically say, like, hey, we were really aware of, like, like Kendrick didn't actually look at, like, the voter list to see, like, who was on it. He just kind of, like, talks. 
Um, but even then, it is majority majority white vote. Uh, but that was enough to like really change the conversation. And you saw like this evolution of like we should really reexamine Jokic. We can't like we can't have like the next we can't have the only three point three time MVPs in the last forty years be Larry Bird and Nikola Jokic, two white guys. Can't that that looks bad. And so like you started to see that like kind of percolate, and then there started to be like a another movement of like okay, but what about playoff success? And like, there's just like all these attacks. And at the same time, and like Jokic admitted that he kind of like listened to this, that it was bothering him the way it was talked about. And the Nuggets went in the tank. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies, which essentially locked up the one seed for them. Like they're not going to get caught. They won tonight versus the Pistons. They'll probably win enough games to get out with the one seed. It's just very going to be, even the Kings four games back, it's going to be real tough for them to catch. At, since then, they lost four straight. They did beat the Pistons tonight. We're recording this on Thursday night. So they kind of stemmed the bleeding. They'll probably stabilize a little bit here before the end of the season and secure the one seed, but like definitely a slide. All of these clips are distributed to the defense. And the biggest thing here, Jim, is that if you ask me like, who are like rank the deserving candidates for MVP based off of your analysis of this award and basketball in general on your experience, I would say that Giannis is number one, the Jokic is number two, there's a gap. And then there's Embiid. But the difference here really is vote, like, people in general, and I don't know if this is going to be reflected in the voting, they want to give this to Embiid. There is, like, a, you know, he's been passed over twice, and, like, he wants it so much. And I'm kind of like, I don't know that you want to be giving guys pity MVPs. I'm not sure that that's what Joel wants. I'm pretty sure he just wants to earn it. Um, but he definitely wants to win it. That's pretty clear. He took some, I took a weird swipe at Giannis about being a running back. That was a weird answer. Um, the odds now have shifted and Joel Embiid's plus 100. Do you want to buy Joel Embiid right now? Well, uh, I don't. Uh, it, it would feel, to be honest, I, I've kind of been, I've been missing on this MVP race all all season. When when I should have been in on Jokic, I missed on Jokic. Um, and then when a little bit of this, this chatter started to begin, um, which I haven't hated as much as everyone else. I think Perk, you know, he was, he was firing from the hip and he, he did disservice by not, you know, fully fact-checking some of this stuff. I I think most people agree that, you know, what he's saying, it starts an interesting conversation at least. And if, you know, he maybe had had a little more nuance with it, a little bit of backing with it, it it's a conversation to be had. So I totally agree that there's important things to be talked about. And like, we're not going to debate it here on this show. It's a gambling show. Um, I, The issue that he's trying to bring up, or we're talking about Jim, is that why he's brought him up or did he bring him up in order to make sure that people couldn't vote for Nikola Jokic? Cause that's what he did is he poisoned the well effectively. Like you want to have a conversation. If, if Kendra Perkins had come out and said like, look, I think Nikola Jokic is the MVP, but systemic racism finds its way into every single, every single thing in our lives. Right. We could have a, an entire conversation about that, that I think is worth having. That's not what he did though, Jim. That's not what he did. No, What he did was poison the well. So now you have a voter base that's like, I, I don't, I don't want to look like that. That's that's not what I want to look like. And the question is whether or not like that was an, like an appropriate and right thing to do, regardless of whether it's appropriate or not. I think it was effective. I do think that it poisoned the well, and I think that the Nuggets play afterwards cemented that movement to the point where I think right now, if you're betting MVP, you should only be betting on Embiid or Yasan and Kumpo. Well, yeah, and he even had an on-ramp with, you know, Jalen Rose a couple of years ago brought up, you know, a similar point talking about like advanced metrics and and if we should be thinking about, you know, who's creating these and and who they favor. And, so, and it, it's a, it, again, he could have done this in a way that could have started a good conversation if he'd said something like, 
by these metrics, Jokic is very deserving. Let's talk about the metrics themselves. But he didn't do that. And you're right. It is. It does seem like the well has been poisoned. And that being said, I, I don't see a whole lot of value on Giannis. Because I, I, I'm i with, I can't remember if it was you or Brandon or someone else who was on the podcast last week saying, I don't think the Jokic voters are going to flock to Giannis. Because Giannis's case this season isn't really an advanced metric case his advanced numbers are down quite a bit he isn't as efficient as in seasons past and I think you're underselling a little bit of what Embiid has done Um, I think these voters that that were on Jokic (laughs) oh I gotta see what that reaction was you you so you don't think you're underselling Embiid at all what is Embiid the best at I think he has a good argument as the the best two-way player this season I know you were lower on his defense okay so he doesn't create as much offense because Giannis's assist gap is pretty significant, correct? Yeah, but Who's I would the primary say... engine who brings the ball up for the Philadelphia 76ers. Is it is it, yeah. is it Joel? No, no, Embiid? for sure. That's yeah, fair. No, it's not. No, no, no. Giannis Antetokounmpo is an engine. Joel Embiid is the tip of the spear, and that's great. He's he's leading the league in scoring because he takes more free throws. That was an interesting one that I found was that they they make the same number of field goal attempts per game this season. The gap of, for scoring is only by free throws, which I thought was funny um this is the problem is that Joel if you're just like if you're like what's I don't know how you say that Joel's better than Giannis at defense that's clearly not true that's clearly like there's a pretty massive gap there Jim like Joel's like good Giannis ceiling wise yes but night to night Giannis a lot more yeah like Giannis is elite like he's like an elite defensive player um has won a DPOY for example which Joel's not um he's a he's been a more efficient scorer because he has a three-point shot They've got a battle back and forth. Giannis had actually caught up to Embiid in efficiency um, and then fell back like a little bit. But with the way Giannis is playing, he may wind up passing him once again in overall just general efficiency, like effective field goal percentage, just because based off of the number of ones that he, he takes. Like really what you're saying is, well, Joel's got a jumper. Like that's really, yeah. that's the only kind of argument here is like Joel's got a jumper. And, and so like, if that's true, then like who anyone can, any, any jump shooter could be like, what about DeMar DeRozan? No, well, do you, I think I think so. Like, best two way player has got to be Giannis. Can we agree on that? Well, I think Embiid affects a uh, like he he warps a defense in a much different way than Giannis. It, it's a little bit tricky to compare, but I think he because he has enveloped that 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 jump shot into his defense, he is able to kind of move a defense and create shots for others. Okay, in ways how would we? I'd make, love to see. Okay, I didn't look it up, but secondary assists. I'd love to see for this season. How will we measure that? Like, we can't just like look at, we could do the eye test, right? And I'll tell you that on eye test, Giannis is going to win, but we could do the eye test. Um, how will we measure that? Like, what would be like the, we live in a post evidence society, which is why Joel and be the, the new favorite. But like, if we were to do like a, like a number on it, what would we look at? Uh, offensive on off, like the team, the team with him on team with him off. Yeah. And so offensive like, rating. and so like the, on the, on the defensive side, the efficiency for the off for the, the, for Giannis is much, much better. Like he is yeah, no, night to night, Giannis is a much better defender, but but we were talking offense. Oh, okay. So on the offensive side, I think the, the question then is, and now this is like an interesting argument because the Sixers offense is good and the Bucks offense has not yeah. been good this, this entire season. Exactly. And that's like a compelling yeah. argument there. If we look at winning, this is the, the big thing though here, is if we look at winning, this is what I think is really fascinating is like they're neck and neck in net rating on court, which again, like you could say that's an advanced metric. I, I think that's ridiculous. It's literally how much do you win by? Like it, it past all this, if you believe that winning matters, 
net rating is the number that tells you, did you win when that guy was on the floor or not? But if you're a voter, don't you look at this and just go, but the Bucks have the best record and mid was out for half the season. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Bucks are the better team though as well. I think the Bucks have uh, a better coach as well. I mean, there, there are there's enough factors at play. I I I think that you are right in that Giannis is the better player this second, but I think that you can you can make the case that Embiid is having the better season. So, do you think that you should bet on Embiid now at plus one hundred? Is the question. I wouldn't trust anything right now. I even looked at some of these guys beyond the top three to see if somehow I could talk myself into that. That's not happened. None of the, no one other than those three is winning. There's, I, I don't think there's a win-win out there for a better that, that I see at least right now. I think it's interesting. I think that Giannis is much more, I actually disagree with you on the central point. If we're, we're going to get into like the betting side. I think I strongly disagree with you on the Jokic uh, Giannis voter th- split. I don't think anyone is going to go from Jokic to Embiid. Not many anyway. And the reason is because like Giannis's advanced metrics are rough. He's lower in uh, in EPM and these kind of numbers. That's true. The Jokic voters aren't necessarily just voting off of him based on the advanced metrics. For me, it's more of like they understand like what has contributed most to winning, who's been most impactful for their team. And so this is where it's interesting is because it's like from a metric standpoint, you can make an argument for Embiid. Like he actually has the advanced metrics in his in his favor. But here's the problem with that, though, Jim, is if we're saying like, well, it's not Joker because the advanced metrics are bad. Okay, so then the thing that helps Embiid over Giannis no longer applies, right? But I would I think that people aren't actually believing the advanced metrics are bad. I think that you're right. The the well's been poisoned and that those people still think in that way and they're still going to use those metrics. They're just going to and I don't think everyone's going to do this, which is why I don't think. Jokic is entirely out of the reach either. I think this could, you know, I, I think plus 160 is a decent. I I I I see the the implied odds of these being kind of how I see the potential playing out. I think you'll get some people who will just, you know, they'll power through, they'll they'll do Jokic. Others will sort by advanced metrics and they'll cross out Jokic and they'll go second down the line and there's Embiid. And I think they have a lot, there's a fair amount of people like yourself who believe that, you know, Jokic has been the best player this season, but that's not for them. They're going to go with Giannis. That's so. the thing, though, is I actually think if I had a vote right now, I'd vote Giannis, which is why I think Giannis at plus 370, I think is incredible value. Um, he's the best player in basketball. If we're going to remove evidence, if we're going to say that who's played in what games and what did the actual numbers say and, you know, what's the performance when guys are on the court, if, if all of these, like, concrete things don't matter – to me, like the quickest route to, okay, if I'm not going to use those kind of things, if we, if if who played in what games and how they play doesn't really matter, what's like the, the most direct argument? And it's best player on the best team. And that's Giannis. And there is kind of like this consensus argument that Giannis is the best player in the NBA. And if we're, again, reasserting that Jokic can't win no matter what he does, then I think the most direct answer is Giannis. And I would probably vote that way anyway, just because I've seen, like, you want to talk about getting past all the the metric stuff. I've just seen Giannis take over these games where he just, like, dominates, but he makes a huge block, takes the ball down the other end, scores, gets to the steal, goes down the other end, scores again. Like, just these runs that are just absolutely destroying teams. And beat is much more, like, drip, 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 drip. And then he's got the game winners on top of it. And those, I think, are insignificant. He's got wins over Giannis and uh Jokic in their previous matchups he plays both of them before the end of the season I don't know if he'll play I don't know if 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 Giannis will play like Giannis plays Jokic on the second night of a back-to-back in Denver so I don't know if he's going to play in that game 
Um, I would imagine Jokic plays or MB plays in um, Denver because again, I think he really wants to beat him again and he really wants this award, which is, I want to stress that that's okay. Like, I think it's good that Joel wants the award. Like Jokic's whole, I don't want it, blah, blah, blah. Gets That's his thing. It's fine. You can want it or not want it. That shouldn't impact it. I do kind of think that Jokic has made it clear he doesn't want to win it. So he honestly shouldn't. That's that I think is an argument. Um, this gets interesting from the idea of like what is and what should. I think that Embiid has a large draw right now. I'm also not sure, Jim, if this is like we're the problem with March is everything feels very immediate. If you're on a losing streak right now with the Nuggets, it's like, are they gonna get are they gonna lose in the first round? If Embiid flags and then loses to Giannis or loses to Boston again or loses that second game to Jokic, how does this feel in, in three weeks from now? You know, is the momentum enough for Embiid to carry through considering how much gain ground he had to gain back? Like that's, an, I think, an interesting question to ask. Well, I think I think you're right that the best case for Giannis rests on that this feels semi-three-man racy and you are getting a much, much longer number on him because the narrative moment isn't enveloping him right now. But I just, if we, if we, you know, because like you said, maybe we have removed reality from this. If you fast forward to the MVP being announced, do you really see it being Giannis this year? Cause I don't. And I know that's not a, a reasonable thing, but we're, we're not trying to, we're, we aren't saying who we'd vote for. We're saying how we think this plays out. Right. Yeah. See, and for me, I just have a hard time believing that like, I guess here's, here's part of it is, um, and B's got a lot of things to go his way. I don't necessarily trust them to hold. Like it seems pretty likely that they split one, one with, with Jokic, like Jokic has played terrible and the Nuggets have played terrible for weeks, but they're going to be at home. And if we look at the bigger picture, they just lost to the bulls at home and the nets. But if they stabilize back to where they should be, they'll beat the Sixers at home. Cause they've beaten really good teams at home all year. Okay. So that takes away, like that would be like a pretty bad mark. Meanwhile, you got you got Giannis, who is again just like every single night, he's putting up like 35, 15, and eight instead of just scoring. He does all of these things. The offensive efficiency for the Bucks has been really good since Chris Middleton got back. That's another thing that like I thought that the numbers were really bad. And then Bucks fans were like, Hey, have you taken a look at what's been going on since Chris got back? Since we actually got our number two option on the team, which Embiid is everyone's there's been like this pushback of, of Embiid being like. Uh, for for Embiid being like, well, he was without Harden and Maxi for a month in November. It's like, yeah, but he's had them the rest of the time. Mid literally missed like half of the year. So I think it's like interesting to to look at like kind of what has gone on with that. But with Giannis since January twenty third, because this is my thing is I was like, well, okay, if he's the driver of the offense, the offense isn't good. Then that's like a real problem. The Sixers have the best offense in the league since January 23rd, but the Bucs have, have risen like a whole long way. Like they've actually made real strides there. And so for me, I think it'll be it'll just be interesting if the Bucs win 60 games and there's a consensus that Giannis is the best player in the league, and it's not based on stats, because if it was based on stats, it would be Jokic. What's the argument for Embiid? Like, what does a voter say to himself to say I'm gonna vote Embiid? So you have you've talked me around a little bit into having this at least in my mind be closer the part of the thing though is i not every voter is going to sit down with you and have this impassioned speech and again i think like you said for better and worse a lot of people are going to want to give it to Embiid. and what we're trying to figure out isn't what we we think is the most deserving outcome it's what we think is going to happen and i still i just i really struggle to flash forward and see Giannis as mvp this year 
the key the key question here though, Jim, is should if you're listening to this podcast, should you vote or should you bet on Embiid right now when you can still get him at a plus number? Because if you don't think Giannis can win, and I'm telling you that I don't think Joker can win, <laughs> then getting a plus number. I on know, is good. I know. It is in theory, and I'm just I am truly terrified of betting this award right now. I <laughs> it's the only time I'm happy to be in New York and not be able to bet these awards is right now because I. I I I I feel like this is a cop out, but I just no faith betting any direction in this award right now. I think if you're betting right now, you should bet on Embiid and Giannis. Is what I would say. Is I think that there's value on both of those guys, and you can still drag home a profit. It's hard to to kind of game plan out how to do that with in terms of unit size, right? Like, do you put yeah. one unit on? You know, if you're betting, if you want to bet a total of like you know five units, do you put? three units on Giannis and then two on or three units on Embiid and two on Giannis. Maybe, maybe that's like the way to go about it and guarantee yourself a profit because I think it's going to be one of those two guys. It's possible. I have a wrong feel on this and that there's more voters that are attached to Joker, but it does definitely feel like the tide has turned and the the well has been poisoned. I think it's gonna be very hard for a voter to vote for, for Nikola Jokic at this point. And, you know, we'll see. Um, It'd be really, I'm also very excited about the prospect of, and be winning it over Giannis and those two facing each other in a playoff series. That would be, uh, that'd be, I get behind that. We could set up for some Elijah Wan, David Robinson in 1994. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move over to the Western Conference. We want to look at if there's any long shots that are live in the West. Uh, Right now, the Nuggets are plus 280. The Suns are plus 310. The Clippers are plus 460. The Warriors plus 500. The Grizzlies plus 800. The Mavericks plus 1200. The Lakers plus 1900. The Sacramento Kings at plus 2,500. The Minnesota Timberwolves, 5,500. And that's where we'll stop with the serious candidates. Um, Jim, my first takeaway from this is that we said that you should wait when the Suns were like plus 200 to win the West, plus 125. You should wait. We said on this pod, take your time. There'll be a better price later. That time has come. The Suns are now plus 310 because they're having to react to this losing streak without Kevin Durant. Durant's going to be back for the playoffs, if not, you know, late in in the regular season, then probably by the end of a first round series. I can't see them being eliminated necessarily. Maybe if they got Warriors in a four or five or Clippers, I can see that happening. But I think Katie would probably rush it to get back then. Um, I think there's probably value right now on Phoenix at plus three ten to win the Western Conference. Yeah, I I, I don't hate it for sure. Um, it's it's the the only time it's really crossed my radar. Um, when when the you know when KD first got traded and the name, number got crazy, I I wasn't going anywhere near it. I actually think that of the numbers that have gotten longer, I like the Nuggets um, number a little bit more. I I think you know we just spent uh, a good chunk of time talking about this this kind of uh, slip in play from the Nuggets and and Jokic in particular and i do think that you know be it that he's trying to play himself out of the word be it that it's just weighing on him a little bit i don't foresee this sticking around i think maybe more troubling side of things is murray's play has slipped a little bit 
Um, but I, I, I still like the Nuggets as the favorite. Now you are betting them as the favorite, so maybe you want to wait a little longer and see if there's some KD news about him coming back and the Suns jump over and the Nuggets line gets a little bit longer. But of those two favorites right now, I actually think I would bet on um, Denver rather than Phoenix right now. Uh, it's interesting, right? It's like, is this slide real or is this just they've got the number one seed by being Memphis and now they're just half-assing it? I think that they're half-assing it and that's lead to, that's exposes a lot of their problems. Like if they don't go full tilt, then they're this is yeah. you can beat them. Like they're bad. They can lose to the Spurs when they play as lazy as they have. Their bench is bad. You know, they're vulnerable. I think the Suns are vulnerable. I think we've kind of seen that, that their inability to win without Durant exposes some of the weak points in the roster, even if Durant covers up for most of them. Um, I don't necessarily know that you're getting a great price on Denver though. That's the thing is like, I think you can probably wait and then wait until like a game three of the first round, right? See if they can get, if they can win two at home and then like, or like lose one at home going into a game three in the first round, or if they lose game three in the first round, or if it's two, two, like wait, I think, and you can get a better price on Denver rather than buying them right now as a, as the favorite here at plus two eighty. Well, and to to your point, um, I I don't I don't hate the idea of waiting to see how the bracket plays out because I actually will like them over someone like a Warriors if they if the Warriors slip to like the eight the play in and they land at the eight and it's Warriors Nuggets in the first round I'm gonna be betting the Nuggets but I bet that that will kind of shift these numbers if the Nuggets draw a big big name uh, big name team in that first round and that's maybe a better time to play them i also don't just hate betting a little bit on the nuggets and the suns i i've kind of come around i'm looking at this as, as a two-team race in the west um you have a note here on the clippers i am i'm i'm not seeing this clippers team come out of the west their their whole mode is wait and flip it on i don't know if they can flip it on they're playing better now but that's the thing is like they hit that nadir after the all-star break and everybody was like they're winless without russ and look at russ and like all these things when it was like the actual numbers were like oh yeah they've won their minutes with russ on the floor and now they've routed off some really good wins and the bigger thing i think with the clippers is they really are they're better built for playoff play um that's a large part of this is that i think one of the things that i missed in my analysis of the clippers going into the year on top of like overrating their depth was the Clippers are really well built, I think, for playoff basketball, possession by possession, like Kawhi Leonard, isolation, you know, pull-ups, uh, three-point volume, switchability, all these types of things. They match up well with Phoenix. They match up well with Golden State. They have these matchups that they can really kind of disturb. Now, if they wind up in the 4-5, they'll have to face Denver, and I actually think that's a bad matchup for them. They've had trouble with Denver since the 3-1 collapse. But as far as like making a run and getting into a conference finals appearance, I think that there's probably some value on the Clippers right now at plus four fifty. Um, I have taken a Clippers Bucks position this week on one of my many, 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 many season long building uh, finals matchups. Is I like Clippers Bucks right now as a as a pretty solid matchup. Um, I think a lot of it is the Clippers have told us all year that we can't trust them. That's absolutely true but we may have hit absolute rock bottom. Like there's always a price with like a team this talented where it's like, do you kind of need to buy them? I think that's probably there. You mentioned the seven eights. Um, the Warriors were like, man, it's really crazy. The Warriors could finish five or eight or be out of the playoffs entirely. Like the defending champs could be out of the playoffs entirely. That's crazy, but that's how tight it is in the Western conference. And that's how bad it is on the road. They have a number of road games coming up, by the way. Uh, is there a seven, eight team Los Angeles Lakers being an obvious one? Is there a Lakers team that you can look at 
uh, or a seven, eight team, any of them, even if it's like an OKC or a Dallas, are there any of those teams that you can see making a run here when you're getting into the double digits? Well, it's funny that you said uh, you're the Freudian, you called them a Lakers team instead of a playing team. I think it is, I think it's front of mind for everyone. I do, th- I think, you know, uh, it the way that the West has just refused to bury them because no no team can really secure those uh, those play in spots. They at plus nineteen hundred. It is I I think it's probably the best number of those long shots you're going to get. Now, do I have any faith in AD who can't even play in a back to back when LeBron is out uh, and and old LeBron staying healthy for a full run? I I don't have a whole lot, but plus nineteen hundred. It implies you don't need to have a whole lot of, of faith uh, that it's going to come through to have some sort of an edge there. The Kings bet I still don't really hate, but only as we've talked about in the past as like a future hedge. I don't see the Kings coming out of the West, but the bracket keeps breaking really nice for them. And they have a really long number. And even if you're going to have to pay a heavy juice, what you know, when you're, you're betting the Nuggets or Suns in the series price in the Western Conference Finals against the Kings, um, I, I think that there, there can be a, a play there that gives you a little bit of advantage because this Kings team is really solid. Um, and you know, I, I think, especially if they're at home for this, this stretch, I, I think that finding them in the Western conference finals is, is not really a stretch of the imagination at all. You got a play on the East here. I think it's really interesting. By the way, if you want to hear more about the Kings, I have an article up in the action network app. You should download that right now and check it out. It makes the case that Jim's just made like a lot about the brackets shaping up really well for the Kings. I do think there's value on the Kings here at a pretty insulting number for how they played. You got to play in the East though. I'm very excited to hear you give this take. I almost wish I could pull Brandon Anderson on to have him hear this take because he hates this team so much. Uh, Who is your kind of dark horse long shot in the Eastern conference? Well, well, full transparency, you set this up and you said, take a look at the West. And I looked at the West and I was like, ah, you know, there's a couple of things there. Let me just glance at the East. And one jumped out to me as as an insulting number, to be honest. Um, the Heat are at plus four thousand to get out of the East right now. That is a crazy number. I know this Heat team is not that good right now. They're also a Heat team that has more playoff experience than almost anybody. Arguably the best coach in the league. And speaking of how brackets line up, I think the bracket looks kind of interesting for them so right now the heat are basically locked into the seven seed um with of course you know you have to prove it to be the seven seed with the play-in but they're in that seven spot right now with the celtics pretty much oh not pretty much i mean philly could if philly gets really hot but philly has a, a tough um uh schedule down the stretcher so i think boston will probably hold on to that too so we've already heard boston people be scared of this exact matchup you know, they barely got past the Heat last year. This is a, a different team under the Celtics. Uh, I think I think kind of the consensus now is that Udoka was a better coach than Joe. And if if it comes to a playoff series in that first round, I think I think the Celtics are getting really nervous to have the Heat there. So, you know, again, this is there's a reason it's plus four thousand. The Heat have a negative net rating on the season. They have not looked great, but Jimmy has looked pretty, pretty good. Uh, he himself has been carrying the team to, you know, some of these tighter wins, which is why with with the Heat, a team like that, I do tend to give net rating a little bit of a little bit of leeway because I do think um, an experienced team like the Heat can, you know, let the rope go on some of the blowout losses and then really tighten it down in those wins, and then it skews the net rating a little bit. 
Um, and then if they get past Boston, do we really trust Philadelphia? I mean, I know I know you don't trust Embiid to, to get past to get past anybody and put Bam on him. And then you know, then you're in the conference finals, and it's the argument uh, for the Kings is you have a you have a great head spot. And before Giannis broke through, I mean, this is a couple of Giannis iterations ago. The the Heat were a team that gave him a lot of trouble. Um, they're their defense that can do decently against him. Um, and you know, the Bucks themselves haven't been the epitome of health in the postseason of late. So, uh, one or two things breaks their way. Um, at plus four thousand, this was one that you know you you log it for cheap. You you throw you know. A, a small amount on it and you kind of forget about it. And then if somehow it pays off or, or it's uh, you're able to hedge out of it down the road, you're, you're a happy man. It's interesting. Cause um, we mentioned this in the Nam buckets that they have now 50. Yeah. They have 50 clutch games this season, which is absurd. Right. And they have a really good record in those games, 28 and 22, I believe. And I will say that I was talking to Seth part now from the athletic and he was telling me that clutch performance doesn't have a strong playoff correlation, like good clutch teams don't do better in the playoffs, which I think is like an interesting thing to consider with them. You know, last year they, I love them versus the Sixers. My biggest bet of the playoffs in any single game was the game five uh, in Miami versus the Sixers. Love that matchup for them. They may wind up in a three, six. If the nets, like the nets kind of surged ahead and then like have caught a little bit. If the heat can catch the nets, they can flip that into a three, six, and then they could face the Sixers or the Celtics. And both of those matchups are pretty good. Like they're going to face one of Boston and Philly. It looks like, like even if yep. it's six or seven, they're going to face You're it right. because yep. I have no faith in Atlanta beating them in a play in tournament game. It's the play in tournament. <laughs> like, no. you know, one hot shooting night can definitely swing it. But boy, do I want to trust Jimmy Butler to get the win in that game. Like if they make that a, a narrow spread so we can just bet the money line, that's what I'm hoping for for a 7-8 um, play-in tournament game of Heat Hawks. The offense is so bad. It's It's been a little better as of late. Like somebody was sharing, a Heat fan I follow was saying that they've averaged like 119 per game the last like five games or so. It's just, it's so bad. And this is what killed them versus Boston is they have these stretches where they just can't yeah. score. You know, and, and so I just have a hard time seeing them being able to keep up, um, you know, and like, I don't think that they're as equipped to handle Embiid as they were last year because they lost some of the center depth. So if Bam gets in foul trouble, they don't have any backup centers to really roll out there. That's a problem. Um, I think it's tough, but like, here's the other thing that was like, despite all these tactical stuff and the stats, I just feel like the, you're right that the heater is going to be there at the end of the game and it's going to be Jimmy Butler and one and they're all of a sudden they're down one. But I yeah. think for me, I think I would still rather bet them game by game. Like, let's wait and see them get there. Let's see them face the opponent, you know, wait for them to go down in a series and then maybe start betting them, especially betting them big. Cause we did that last year where we weren't just betting teams to win a series when they went down, we would go bigger than that and be like, okay, Boston's down three, two, let's bet them to win the East and go that route. And yeah. that was pretty successful. Yeah. I, I think that this line's not going to go anywhere too fast. All right, that's going to do it for Futures Friday. I appreciate Jim coming on and taking my angst about the MVP. Uh, make sure to follow Jim on Twitter at TurvyBets. There's the Best Bets episode waiting for you in this feed, so make sure to check that out. Our thanks to David Payne, our producer. Make sure to download the Action Network app. It's got all the stuff you need for the second round of the NCAA tournament as well as throughout the NCAA tournament and getting set for the NBA playoffs. We'll talk to you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. 
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.